0: Hello and welcome back to the Tony G Sports Podcast. Uh, it's been a while. We uh, saw the Dodgers win the World Series since I last recorded a podcast, and the Lakers won the NBA Finals over my Miami Heat. Uh, sadly, but you know it is. Congrats to LA. But now we got some interesting stuff coming around. We have the NBA Draft coming up. Big trades happening in the NBA, as well as some NFL big games happening over the week weekend. And, well, I'm back to talk about how to focus on school for a little bit. That's the big reason for my hiatus. But I'm back, and it's good to be back. Alright, kick off this first episode in a while. We're going to talk about, well, Let's talk about these big NBA trades that went down over the past few weeks. First of all, let's talk about the first big trade, and that was the trade for Dennis Schroeder made by the Lakers. They traded Danny Green and a drop pick, I believe. And I like this trade for the Lakers. I really do. Danny Green... Lakers fans had a huge issue with him going throughout the Finals. Obviously, he missed a lot of wide-open threes. Obviously, he had the little thing on the back that says, how many more? And Laker fans were coming out and saying, how many more missed open threes will Danny Green shoot? And, well, he found our answer oh, quite a bit, including one big one in Game 5 of the NBA Finals, which... My Miami Heat won that game, thanks to Danny Green. But Danny Green definitely was not worth the contract he got. Fit like was it thirty-two year, thirty mil, something like that. And for Dennis, for Lakers and Dennis Schroeder, it gives them options at the point guard position because honestly, you don't know what Rondo's going to do. And Dennis Schroeder is younger, younger than Rondo. And he's very solid. He can shoot the three, he can make some decent passes. And you saw what he did on on OKC. He probably had one of his better seasons playing alongside Chris Paul and Shay Gilligis Alexander. And it's coming. And we'll see, man. We'll see with that trade. And, well, also another big trade that went down was, speaking of Chris Paul, Chris Paul got traded to the Phoenix Suns. And it was a big haul for the Thunder. They got some draft picks out of that, as well as they also got solid players like Ricky Rubio and Kelly Oubre, who is still very young. I'm pretty sure he's only in his, like, mid-20s. And... He's only going to get better. He's fearless. He can shoot somewhat. He's athletic. He'll grow into that young core that the Thunder are trying to build. The Thunder, I swear, are going to have like the entire 2021 dra- draft at this point, all in themselves. If they just keep getting assets like this, Sam Presti is amazing <laughs> at his job. And for the Suns, well, This trade accomplishes two things. One, it gets you a star point guard that you have been missing for a while. No offense to Ricky Rubio. But it gives you your best point guard since, what, Steve Nash? And it also makes Devin Booker happy. As, you know, the Suns and Suns fans were afraid that Devin Booker could possibly leave. Now, with this, it gives the Suns a chance to compete for a playoff spot. I do believe they will make the playoffs next year. Where they'll be, I don't know. They will be, I think they'll see somewhere between that five, eight range. Somewhere around there. They definitely won't crack the top four with the LA teams and the Warriors and Denver. They're not going to be up there with those teams, but they'll be around like the Mavericks, the Blazers, the Pelicans, maybe of the world who will be competing for playoff spots. And let's talk about this uh Milwaukee Bucks trade. Well trade first one obviously the bigger of the two the Bucks trade for Drew Holiday. And whew, that's a that's a high risk, high reward type trade. Because, well, Drew Holiday is on a one-year contract, and obviously the big name, Giannis, he's on his last year of his deal, right? Obviously, the Bucs are trying to do everything in their power to keep him for obvious reasons, but um, yeah, this is just high-risk, high-reward. The Bucs also traded for Bogdanovich from the Kings. Great three-point shooter, great shot. He slided privately to the shooting guard position, and and this is do or die for the Bucks. If the Bucks get bounced, let's say second round again, by like Boston or Brooklyn or Miami again, whoever it is, Giannis is gone. Giannis is gone, and Drew Holly's is probably out the door too. And then you're just stuck with a team with Chris Middleton. This big, this new big three that Milwaukee has could be gone like in an instant. And, well, let's just say the East is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Boston's going to get better. Also, you got Miami, who's defending Eastern Conference champion. Brooklyn's healthy again. And if the rumors are true, they might get a very strong reinforcement. We'll get to that later. And we, and obviously we got the Raptors in there too, but this is it for Milwaukee. It's championship or bust. They had to be no matter what. They had to win. but had to, to go through everybody. They have, they don't care who it is. They had to beat. They had to beat Miami, Boston, Toronto, Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, whoever. They have to win or I believe Giannis be is going to be gone. It, it's just that simple. It's over if the Bucks do not win a championship. As Let's go up to the other teams in this. For the Pelicans, in exchange for Drew Holiday, they got guys like Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, a bunch of picks, including a few swap picks, which are going to be pretty good. The Pelicans can also be fighting for a playoff spot. Here's why: Drew Eric Bledsoe is not the best guy in the world, not the best point guard in the world, but he's so he's gonna be solid for y'all. He can mentor guys like Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, guys like that. He also can bring a grit, a little grit to the team. George Hill, savvy veteran. With, honestly, again, another mentor to guys like Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, and so forth. And, well, if the Pelicans also want to go out and get more assets, those two could probably bring in something. Like, say the Lakers want a veteran point guard or two. They can make a deal there, get some assets from them. Or a team that needs a point guard. Pelicans got themselves in a pretty good position right here. They're gonna be scary for a while. They got assets now to play with. Pause, but the future's bright, in New Orleans, Milwaukee. Y'all better hope this works. If this doesn't work, it it's a GG. You're going back to irrelevancy because if Rihanna leaves and Drew Holiday don't come back, y'all know Chris Milton can't carry a team. He's solid. He's an all star, but. He ain't carrying nothing. Man. The Bucs need to do what they need to do. I mean, We'll see what happens there. I'm not gonna mention what the Kings got back. I believe they got back Dante DiVincenzo, He's a solid bench player. Probably one of the Probably one of the better bench players in the league. Obviously, he won't be. He could start in some teams, but not a lot of them. I mean, we'll see where that goes. Oh, man, <laughs> Milwaukee, you better hope this works, dude. All right, let's talk about the Hail Mary. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Cardinals and Bills at the last second. I thought that was a GG. And Kyler Murray throws up a prayer. Hopkins makes a spectacular catch over, what was it, three, four Bills defenders? Looking like Randy Moss. Out there now, if you want to talk about mossed, that is the definition of getting mossed. That was unbelievable. Like, it wasn't that long ago in that game, Bills drove all the way down the field. Stefan Diggs made a spectacular play in the end zone in his own right to take the leap. I thought the game was over. I believe the ESPN. Win percentage was, like, at a 98% for the Bills, 99% for the Bills. And then that happened. Just, oh, man. That was one hell of a play by a great wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the game. I'm sorry. He is the best. (sighs) And Houston fans I'm sorry, Texans fans. I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry, City of Houston. I'm sorry that you guys had Bill (laughs) O'Brien. That was just, oh, my God. What was Bill O'Brien thinking? (laughs) I washed up running back and not even a first round pick. Jesus Christ. Uh. Well. It is what it is now. That miracle hell now has the Arizona Cardinals sitting in first or second place in an NFC West. I believe they're in first. It is just wow. Imagine what would have happened if the Cardinals did not win that game. This would have made their Thursday night game against Seattle a lot. Well, it's still going to be huge, but it's going to make it even huge, larger than it is. Now the Cardinals have a chance on Thursday to pretty much put Seattle away. Get, get them out of the way. If that happens, well, if the Cardinals win Thursday Night Football, it, they got the inside track to the West. I think, but really believe they do. All because of this play. This is a game with the Rams and Seattle going at each other. This is a game the Cardinals had to win. This was a must win. And this puts Kyler Murray, I believe, Top three in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. He has been outstanding all year long. That second year jump was the second-year jump has been outstanding for him. Cliff Kingsbury could be in the running for Coach of the Year. Obviously, this is a big moment for Cardinals, for the Cardinals, Cardinals fans. And now they got to turn around on a short week, get ready for Seattle. Biggest game of the year by far. Will we get a repeat of that masterpiece we got in the first matchup? We'll have to wait and see. It did not Seattle, but, again, no fans because you know why. But this is a great win for the Arizona Cardinals. And, well, if you're the Bills, this is a rough one to lose. That game was in the bag. They had Cardinals at the Hail Mary. You had four defenders against one man. And y'all get must. And not to mention, now you got the red-hot Miami Dolphins now right on your tail. That's scary to think. Like, where the heck did Miami come from? We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. The Bills got to bounce back quickly from this. Because now the margin for error in the East is a lot smaller. Just when everybody thought the Bills were going to run away the East, here comes good old Miami. Back from the dead. And with a young quarterback. We'll see what happens. Good win for Arizona. Tough tough loss. Ugh man about to sneeze there. <laughs> tough loss for the Buffalo Bills. Alright, speaking about this big Thursday night game, let's talk about the team other team, the Seahawks. Well, tough loss for the Seattle Seahawks. Big win for the Rams. They came out and did exactly what they needed to do. They are—they were absolutely shut down on defense. Multiple turnovers. DK Metcalf, Jay Ramsey, you shut down DK Metcalf. Great job there. And, well, the offense did. They did enough. They did enough. Honestly, I'm kinda of a little dis if I'm a Rans fan be a little disappointed if we only they only put out twenty-three on this historically bad defense from the Seattle Seahawks. But I'm not gonna talk about the Rams much. They did what they need to do. Now they're in second place with a tiebreaker over the Seattle Seahawks for now. I'm gonna talk about the Seahawks for a little bit because something isn't right with them. The defense was always going to be a hot mess, regardless of what happens. They got Carlos Dunlop at the trade deadline to help out with uh, the pass rush. and the pass rush, it had a little bit of a revival against the Bills, and we still lost that game. Obviously, injuries to the secondary to Griffin and Dunbar did not help at all. I mean, it's tough when your best corner on the field is Trey Flowers. My God. This is just – this defense is so bad. And now the offense is starting to sputter a little bit. I mean, the offense has been the heartbeat of this team all year long, and now it's starting to struggle mightily. And it starts with the quarterback. Russell Wilson, I look back at the highlights of that game, and he's had his struggles. He's had his struggles the past few games. He's gotten a bad turnover ball right now. I believe now he's, like, second in the league, tied for second with interceptions in the league with, like, Kirk Cousins or something like that. Either way, it's not the greatest from him. But this was bound to happen at some point. With this let Russ cook mentality we all have, everybody had, I guess the coaches caught on now. And with Russ being a gunslinger, we're getting gunslinger-type results out of him. And, well, I trust Russ to find his way back. According to Pete Carroll, he's already been busting his butt to get back. So what he was at the beginning of the year, which we're gonna need him to find his way back quickly, and I mean quickly for Thursday night football because we need that win bad. And with the Rams heading to take on Tampa Bay, this is a must-win. I don't care what it has what you have to do. This is a must-win for Seattle, and that's the end of that. And another thing, real quick, I want to talk to the fan, the twelfth man, right now. Hey. Twelves, calm down. I've been on Facebook. I'm in a few Facebook group fan groups or whatever, and some of the things you guys are saying are wild. And I mean wild. I mean, I think I even saw one post where someone said bench Russ, start Gino on Thursday night football. Are you mad? (laughs) Like Jesus. Start Geno Smith. Are you serious? Geno's a solid backup, but good lord. Unless you really want to see what a blowout loss looks like. Unless you want to go back to the Jim Moore era for a game. I wouldn't recommend it. Yes, Russell's struggling. It happens. It freaking happens. And you guys at, were calling for Russ to let it air out. Let him be a gunslinger. You're getting what you asked for. Gunslingers throw picks time and time again. It happens. Look at Brett Favre's career. Jesus. It's just sad to see how... Let's see how start the season undefeated. And now we're struggling. We're hitting our freaking bump in the road. All of a sudden... Y'all panicking, y'all calling for heads, you're calling for jobs. I mean, I understand Ked Norton's not the best defensive point in the world. Personally, that's the one thing we agree on. Ked Norton should go. But you can't be calling for the head of Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson. They're doing their job. They're doing the best they can with what they got. Yes, Russell Wilson had a couple of bad throws. The one throw he tried to make to Disney for his first interception of the game. That was bad. I'll give you all that one. That one was bad. But what choice does he have? He has to try to make plays. He has no running game. None. We can't have a balanced offense if he had no run game. Just calm down, guys. Just calm down, 12th man. This is just – Look. And I guarantee y'all, y'all be crawling right back into the positive line if Seattle wins on Thursday. Come on, man. Stay patient. Just stay patient. There's a lot of football left to be played. Just get through this Thursday night game with a win, and then we got a cakewalk, cakewalk for the next four. <sighs> I hate to be saying that, man. The 12th man is one of the best fans in the league, but I see a lot of y'all panicking over nothing. Team struggle. Players struggle. At the end of the day, the great players like Russell Wilson find a way to turn it around. He'll be fine. He'll be cooking again. God, I hear we're going to get Chris Carson back for Thursday Night Football. So we got our sous chef back. We got our line cook back. He's going to have some help. The running game will return soon. Big game on Thursday. These are the games Russell Wilson is made for. And remember, Russell Wilson is a god on primetime. Yeah, I didn't show last primetime, but... He'll bounce back. He'll win. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Russell Wilson will have a great game on Thursday. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Seattle is going to find a way. They'll win, I hope. You got to believe. And y'all need to calm down. Let's talk about another team, shall we? Let's go to the team that a lot of Seahawks fans or Cardinals fans will be asking for a lot of help from. A lot of help from next week. And, God, I hate hate to have to rely on Tom Brady to help us out. But us Seahawks fans... Cardinals fans, regardless who wins on Thursday, we're all hoping Tom Brady can do us a solid. Tampa Bay, they looked pretty good last week against Carolina, and they definitely bounced back. Again, for a tough loss they had against the Saints, who are going through a little bit of an issue. I'll get that bit to get to that in a minute. But we have to helpfully have Tom Brady play well again against this Rams team. It was a solid defense. I mean, good Lord, this is going to be interesting. That Tampa Bay matchup is going to be interesting. Who does Jalen Ramsey follow? Does he follow Mike Evans? Does he follow Godwin? Does he follow A.B.? Oh, my Lord. Jeez. That should be a fun game, but let's talk about this game between Tampa Bay and Carolina. Tom Brady looked outstanding. The running game, thank God for Tampa Bay fans that it returned. I still don't know why they abandoned it in the first place against the Saints. I mean, Ronald Jones looked good today. Busted off a night. Well, not today, but on Sunday. He busted off a 98-yard run, longest in franchise history. Good for him. And that defense really – they gave it 23 points to the Panthers, but it is what it is. For the most part, they still did their job. The offense looked like it really was clicking, though, for Tampa Bay. And, well – We're all just hoping that it comes back again next week. Because now Tampa Bay with the Saints having an issue, a big issue, which I'll get to that in a little bit, like I said earlier. This is Tampa Bay's chance to take the South. They don't have any more excuses. This game against the Rams, I believe, will define the Buccaneers' season. Because this is probably the best team they're going to play down the stretch. We'll see. We will have to wait and see. Seahawks fans, Cardinals fans, we know we don't want to do this, but got to root for Tom this week, man. It's not going to be pretty, but it's something we're going to have to do. Man, <laughs> never thought I'd see the day where I'm too rooted for Tom Brady, man. It is what it is. And I'm not going to talk too much about the game between Tampa Bay and Carolina. We all saw what it was. It was a blowout. Tampa Bay did their thing. Carolina, they faltered. No, McCaffrey. Prayers out to Teddy Bridgewater, though. He got injured again. And, oh, my God. It was like a knee, something with his knee. Can't, couldn't tell you what it is right now, but it's rough. Rough, 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 rough. Tampa Bay, do your thing next week. Beat the brands, please. All right, let's talk about the big event coming up on Wednesday the NBA draft. So. This year's draft class, many experts have said that this might not be the most talented draft class we've ever seen. At first, I saw something saying where there are more projected bench players and all-stars. That's rough, but there's also quite a bit of talent in this year's draft. So here's what I'm going to do. I have spent whatever free time I have that I don't have with homework or work or whatever, I have taken a look at some of these mock drafts that these experts put out there, and I am going to make my own mock draft before the big event tomorrow night. I don't know if this is going to be true or not, but it is what it is. That's why they call them a mock draft, because I'm not the one making the calls. So here's how I'm going to make my picks is it a good fit for the team. That's the big one. The talent level of these players and pretty much the skills, pretty much that's it. Fit and skill set. And for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the first pick of the NBA draft, a lot of people are saying the Ball I personally think they should go with Anthony Edwards, shooting guard, Georgia. He's a talented offensive player. He's a better defensive player than Melo. He will fit perfectly alongside D'Angelo Russell. And here's why I don't want, don't think Lamelo would be a good fit alongside D'Angelo Russell. The defense would be horrible in that backcourt. And Anthony Edwards is a far better def- defender than Lamelo, as from what I've seen so far. Don't get me wrong, LaMelo is the better player overall, but I think Anthony Edwards will be a better fit in Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell currently towns. The number two pick for the Golden State Warriors, if they don't end up trading it, which I wouldn't be surprised if they did, I'm going with James Wiseman, center Memphis. Here's why. They need a big man. And this is no ordinary big man, James Wiseman. He plays defense. He can. He has a decent shot. He's he has a mid range, and I think he has the ability to expand his range and move beyond, move out towards the three point line. He's a good rebounder. And the, the one thing the Warriors do need is a big. Kevon Looney's always seems to be always be injured. And Draymond can't play a center. We all know that. He's too small for the center position. But James white coming there and filling the hole that the Warriors need. He could be that missing piece the Warriors need to bounce back and challenge the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets for the West. I honestly believe that. He's not the best player in this draft, obviously, but he's the best fit for the Warriors, without a doubt. James Wise is number two. And now the Charlotte Hornets. They're going to go out and get LaMelo Ball. I don't have to say much more because, well, it's pretty obvious why he's going to be there. I mean, he's not falling any further than three. If he goes farther than three, then someone made a trade along the line. I mean, it's it's pretty clear cut. Forward, the three names I just listed off—they are going to be one, two, three in some sort of order, and that's going to be it. Okay, now on to the Chicago Bulls. Okay, so with the fourth pick in the NBA draft. I think that they're going to go with the forward, Denny Ajavia. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He is a nice forward. Offensive, great offensive forward. Out of, let's see, out of Israel, he just faced the floor. Good defender. All right, well, I don't even know if he's a good defender. I don't see much highlight tape of him. But he a great offensive player. And the Bulls, they need some sort of offense at the three. Bad. They need a wing player. They got great. They got Kobe White, good po- good point guard. Then you got Zach Levine there, obviously the shooting guard. And then you got Wendell Carter and Nori Marketing. So at the center and power forward spots. This this would be a good fit for him. He can fill in the three, get you some points. Obviously his stats aren't spectacular overseas, but we'll see where that goes. I wanna go if the Bulls should go with Denny. Should go with Denny. Alright. And for the fifth pick in the draft, I believe it's Cleveland. It is Cleveland. And I think they should go with Obi Toppin for pretty good reasons. One, he's he's an athletic forward that they really need. The, The Cavs do not need another guard. They just drafted two point guards in the previous two drafts. They'd be stupid to draft another one. And, well, like I said earlier, he is athletic. He I think he's a pretty good defender. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I believe he's a decent defender. His jumper is iffy, I heard. Of course, from other effort efforts I heard. He's um he has a decent mid-range game. But he's sort of a project, I believe. He definitely will get better as time goes by. They can also make it interesting of how they deal with Kevin Love down the line. All right. Now, moving on to the sixth pick in the NBA draft, which I believe it belongs to Atlanta. Yes, it is Atlanta. And the Atlanta Hawks, with their pick, they are going to go with. I believe they're going to go with shooting, shooting guard or point guard. Where I play? Tyrese. Uh, hold on a minute. I don't think that's his name. I Halliburton. That Halliburton, or. Tyrese Halliburton or Onike Okangu. But for the sake of this argument, I think they're going to go with a big Onike Okangu out of USC. He has a chance to be like a Bama to bio type. He is athletic. He can work on his, game, his shot. He has. He plays good defense. And well, he could be a good fit alongside Clint Capella. Get some boards for Trey Young. Obviously, be a little pick and pop or pick and roll player with him. I just feel like he would be a good pick for the Hawks. And it obviously that can go either way. Not so. Like I said, the Hawks are gonna go with either Halliburton or Okanou. If the Hawks do take a like I think they will, Tyrese Halliburton will go to the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons need a guard. Bad. Especially a point guard. Their point guard situation has been dire the past few years. I mean, can you name me the point guard for the Detroit Pistons? Nope. No, you cannot name me a point guard for the Detroit Pistons the past few years. So they're going to need one. And Tyrese Halliburton would fit that well. He's a sharpshooter, which is always good. They need shooting in, in Detroit pretty bad. I couldn't even tell you who the best three-point shooter was in Detroit. I don't think a lot of people can. But yeah, Tyrese Halliburton, he's going to Detroit. With the eighth pick, the New York Knicks. Oh my God! Oh man, the Knicks need pretty much everything and anything at this point. But the one thing they could use is someone who plays pretty solid defense, and for that reason, I think they will go with Devin Vassell, small forward out of Florida State. He's a solid defender. He's a three D type player, and we're now with Tom Thibodeau as coach of the New York Knicks, I believe that he will fit right in with that system. He, he is an offensive game is in progress. wasn't exactly known for score at Florida State, but he could shoot the three pretty decently, and I believe he's gonna go to the New York Knicks, the Wizards, Isaac Okoro. Dude is a 6'6", small forward that has a great playmaking ability. And in a backcourt of John Wall and Bradley Beal, you're going to need some sort of another guy. Rui Hachimura could be that guy. Isaac Okoro could be that guy. Obviously, Isaac Okoro was also a great defensive player at Auburn. That's something the Wizards need as well. Because Bradley Beal, John Wall, they're not the greatest defenders in the world. I don't know Hachimura's the greatest defender in the world. Honestly, they also got Bryant, I believe, in the back there as well. Isaac Okoro is something that the Wizards need that they don't have, and that's a defensive stud. And Isaac Okoro is that guy that they can get. Now for the Phoenix Suns. Oh, man. The Suns, Sadiq Bay, out of Villanova would be a good fit here. He is a two way contributor on the wing that the Suns could use. Honestly, now that they have Chris Paul, a guard wouldn't be on the top of the priority list. Now they got Booker, Paul, and obviously, they have the power forward position. They have. They have a pretty set, and obviously, they have DeAndre Ayton. And I believe Sadiq Bey could be that three player that they need to replace a guy like Kelly Oubre, who was just traded. For the San Antonio Spurs, let's go with another wing player, Patrick Williams. He's a 6 foot 8 wing. He could play both the small four and power four positions. He has some good re- rebounding numbers. Could be better, but not bad. Four rebounds with 9.2 points a game. Obviously not the greatest numbers in the world, but it is what it is. You've seen college players before not put up great numbers and turned out pretty well in the NBA. I feel like this would be the perfect Pat. Hey, not Pat right. Greg Popovich-type pick, and I believe he will fit well in San Antonio. For the Sacramento Kings, I think they'll go with Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt, small forward. Obviously, they just traded Bogdanovich to the Bucs, so they need some shooting. So why not get yourself another shooter at the small forward position, younger, and I've, I've heard some good things about him I here. He can really shoot the rock. I can't find his numbers anywhere, but... He will he will just slide in and fill in Bogdanovich's role. For the Kings. The Pelicans... Mm. Let's see here. If for the Pelicans... What would I do? I would pick a guy who can be a younger version of a Drew Holiday who just got traded. However much about this guy, but I would go with Lewis Jr., point guard out of Alabama. Never heard of this guy before in my life, but then I started looking around. This guy looks like a solid pick for the New Orleans Pelicans. He's a good passer, great playmaker, and he's a quick little shifty guard that could fill in the the hole that Drew Holly left behind. Also, he doesn't have to be played right away. He could be a project player, sit behind Eric Bloodslow and George Hill for a while, learn from them, get some experience. I feel like that's a good pick right there for the New Pelicans. And now I cannot believe that the Boston Celtics are in the lottery again. But this is where I see a guy like Cole Anthony from North Carolina going. He had a great year in North Carolina. I don't see him falling out of the lottery. He is going to be the last lottery pick. And for good reason. He's a talented point guard. At some point, they were calling him the best point guard in the draft. And obviously, as before, LaMelo Ball decided to go overseas and play spectacularly overseas. He worked on his strengths. He's going to – I don't know how much playing time he's going to get in Boston, but he could be one of those guys that just falls back and forth between the G League. Whether he contribute for the team, yes. We'll see how that goes. He's a great player. He's going to Boston. And now, let's see here. The Magic, they need a guard. And I think if this guy actually does fall to the Magic, he will be going there. And that guy is Killian Hayes from France. Here's why. He's going to fall farther than people think. He is going to get a chance to play in Orlando. I think Orlando is a good fit for him. Obviously, the aging Evan Fournier and DJ Augustine, they won't be around forever. Who knows? Maybe the Magic end up trading those guys to contenders. Because, obviously, the Magic can't just have these guys around forever. Killian Hayes, nice young point guard. And, yeah, he's a good fit. Solid offensive player overall. And for the Rockets, I think they take Tyreek Maxey out of Kentucky. And he's a great scorer. Talented dude. I remember his first – I watched him in a game against Michigan State. Dude – Absolutely was flying at the core, making a great play, offensive plays. His jump shot is iffy. I'll give, you, I'll give him that. His jump shot's iffy. He'll have time to improve in Houston Un- under uh, – let's see here. Houston, he'll say I don't know if they're going to trade James Harden or Russell Westbrook, as the rumors could say, but they don't go. Killing Hayes – not Killing Maxi. Maxie will be able to contribute for that team down the line. Just work on his jump shot. He'll be fine. The generals got themselves another pick down at number 17. And I think they'll go out and get a big, a backup big, is center. And Precious Achua, teammate of James Wiseman out of Memphis, could fit right in right in here. He, he can defend, he can rebound, he could also help. He's would be the perfect alongside Carradley Towns because we all know Carradley Towns is not the best defender in the world, not the best rebounder in the world. So Precious Achua from Memphis, he will fall here to 17. The Mavericks, I think they take RJ Hampton. Nice little point guard slash shooting guard combo. He should fit alongside. He's a good playmaker. Could be a good bench player. He has a nice wingspan. Six foot, seven wingspan. His jump shot's not the best. I'll say that right now. His jump shot's not the best, but he will have time to develop. And they still got decent guards in Dallas that he can learn from. All right, the Nets. They can. Um, I'll give them Josh Green. When he, then Brooklyn Nets need wing death. And Josh Green's a solid player. Especially if somehow Brooklyn does end up with James Harden in a trade, which could cost them. They're starting small forward it and carries the vert. All right. The next few picks, I don't think people really care about. That's really what the talent adds. Let's see, Miami. Let's give him Jalen Smith, power forward center. They need a big. That kind of what killed them in the final set. Kid Bam, that's a great defender he is. Couldn't really. We need a big to help, you know, defend the paint. Jalen Smith, he's a grave defender. He can do that well. Sixers. Lesvin Bain out Bane out TCU. He's he can give us a guy. He gives. Them floor space in which they desperately need because Ben Simmons can't shoot and beat. He's a good shooter. But we can't have him be the primary guy shooting all the time. Nuggets. Let's just give them Aleske G- Ales- Porkuseveski, seven footer from Greece. They need us. Big man. Bad. This fits. Wow. They don't really need a big man. They need definitely a the big man position. that can play some defense. And that gives them that. He's also a good three-point shooter, and he has a good passing ability. He's basically another Jokic. All right, Utah. Tyler Bay, they need wing help. And so they also get a nice player was a seven foot 1 ring span. He plays good defense. and I mean, he was the defensive player of the year for Colorado, so that gives him a little help on the defensive end and some wing help. Milwaukee, they should, they're probably going to get another guard to shore up the guard depth. Let's get them Malachi Flynn, San Diego State. He could hit some big shots. He could run an offense if you give him the chance to. Go with that. Oklahoma, I think that's where they take the diamond in the rough. This guy's chance to be very special if coached right, and he can get his. He can. He has a good athletic raw ability. That is Jaden McDaniels from Washington. They list him as a power forward, and well. Yeah, I mean, if the Oklahoma State Thunder want a Kevin Durant 2, a potential Kevin Durant 2.0, if they can develop a guy like Jaden McDaniels, they could have a sneaky good player. Jaden McDaniels is a diamond in the rough player. He could be a good fit for OKC. Celtics, another pick. Um, Let's just give him Leonardo Bomaro. Good six seven, six foot seven. That they can kind of stash him away in the G League or something. He's a good playmaker. <sighs> yeah, you, you, you definitely see the talent goes down here a little bit <laughs> at this point in the draft. But he's a decent playmaker for a small forward. Again, the Boston Celtics draft page is just weird because you. They have so much young talent. You don't Brian are going to see these guys again. The Knicks have another pick. And you know what? Let's give him Ty Jones. Good point guard out of Duke. Reunite him with RJ Barrett. You saw the together, Duke. Ty Jones is a smart player. He's a capable shoot point guard. Shooting, eh. We'll see. Great defender though. He's a great defender, though. He'll fit right in with Thibodeau's scheme. OKC coming around again. Let's see. Well, let's get them Tyrell Terry out of Stanford, shooting guard. He can be a great playmaker. He can develop into an excellent playmaker. He's a shot maker. He can shoot threes. And who knows? He people could, could be a good fit next to like someone like Shai Gilchrist, Alexander. Toronto, let's get them. Who would they go after? Let's go with Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. This man has heart. Toronto will respect the guy like Peyton Pritchard. I believe so. He's a he's a Bob Cousy Award winner. He's a high IQ. He not the biggest dude in the world, not the most athletic dude in the world, but he has heart, and he will maximize his abilities to the best possible way. And I believe Toronto would like to take a chance on him. And also, it gives them a little bit of an insurance policy if a guy like Fred VanVleet decides to move on to greener pastures, meaning, you know, he gets a bag, a big bag for another team. And the last pick in the first round. Good lord, Boston's here again. Jeez. Um. Again, this guy is just another staff drafting stash in the G League type dude. Zeke Naji from Arizona. 6 foot Center slash power forward. He could definitely. Hit shots from perimeter for what I've seen from him in the Pac-12. Me being a Pac-12 guy, watching a lot of Pac-12 games, I've seen him play. He can hit big shots in three. He could definitely provide some future spacing for guys like Jason, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Campbell Walker, those guys who are slashers, open the paint up. And, well, that is my mock draft. Not as easy as I thought was going to be, but like I said, I'm not an NBA expert. I'm not a draft expert, but we'll see how it goes. I really do think these are going to be the fits. These are really, I think these are the best fits, best players possible for these teams. Like I said, many experts don't believe this is the most talented draft. I do think there's some talent in here. And we'll see where it goes. NBA draft tomorrow night. Should be interesting. Unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it. I got work to do. Gotta make that money somehow, right? Alright, let's talk baseball for a second. The Marlins hired a new general manager. And it was a historic hire. They hired... Kim, I can't pronounce her last name. Kim and G. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. But I will know her I will pronounce that name some point in the future. I will work on that. But this is a ground a groundbreaking moment in sports. This breaks a Gender barrier that has stood for a mm-hmm. very long time. And I think that's a good hire, too, because not only is this historic hire, but she's qualified for this job. She is actually very qualified. I look back at her resume. She was an assistant general manager for the Yankees when they made their many World Series runs during the early, t- late 90s, early 2000s. She was there for that. Jared G. knows her very well, so this hire probably was well, very easy for him to make. She's been around. She's been around a few teams. She's interned with the Dodgers, also assistant general manager with the Yankees. She knows what she's doing, and it's going to be interesting to see what she can do. Now, can she be the one that turns the Marlins around? Hell, that'd be great. Obviously, the Marlins made the playoffs last year, but can not she take them to the help, bring them to the next level? Obviously, she thinks she can. Obviously, Derek Jeter thinks she can. But other than baseball, this opens the door to many, 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 many women across the in this sport because. Huh? Oh, man. It's groundbreaking. I mean you other than the hire for the Annie Marlins, can you name can anyone name me one other woman that's hired in the major position in baseball? I know the Giants hired a coach, a female coach. That's the only other person I can think, only woman I can think of in sports. And I honestly believe I'm taking a sports management class, courses here at college, and I see a lot of women that want to take have the same, same position that Kim is in now. And this opens the door. I really believe this does open the door. And we'll see how she does. We'll have to wait and see. I think she's going to be great. She has the resume. She's helped build great teams before, and I believe that she can do it again. Can she lead Miami to the promised land? And if she helps Ben build the team that helps turn around the Miami Marlins, she will be going down in history. Because Miami has been bad for a while. They made the playoffs last year, but can she bring them back to the top? Bring them back to the 2003 days. <sighs> Wait and see. Good hire. Historic hire. I wish her nothing but the best of luck. Welcome to the show. Let's go back to football for a second, shall we? And let's talk about, uh, I don't want to talk about this division, let's talk about the NFC East. Let's talk about the Eagles and the Giants game. And Philly, Philly, oh, no, Philly. Come on, Philly. The Giants, man. And we'll talk about this for a second. This division is sad. And let's just talk about, I'm going to name off a couple teams that are near the bottom of their own division or hovering around 500 that could be winning the NFC East right now. San Francisco 49ers. The Patriots. The Bears, the Vikings. Heck, the Lions could be winning the NFC East for now. It's, that division is so bad. Now, Philly fans should be worried. Here's why. Carson Wentz, man. He's not good anymore. He hasn't been good for a while. I'm looking at his last two two games against NFC East teams, where he should have been dominating, and I mean dominating these teams. Like, the Dallas Cowboys game, he was terrible. Threw for 123 yards against that defense. had a quarterback rating of 61. Ben DiNucci was going toe-to-toe with him. In this last game against the Giants, 208 yards with a quarterback rating of a 72. He didn't even throw a touchdown that game, man. That's not was one of his worst performances. He's had even worse performances than that. I go all the way back to the Rams game back in September. He had a rating of 56 and a half with two interceptions. I don't know who's going to come out of the East, but whoever it is, I mean, my God. We're going to have a five, six win team coming out of the East and going to the playoffs. That's sad. That is very sad. I mean, I mean,. In my mind, the two biggest, the two easiest, two biggest playoff spots to have this year in the NFC are the one and the five seed, because if you get the one seed, you get a buy, and if you get the five seed, you get to play the East. This just how it is this year. Philly fans, you started to be worried. It's not looking great for y'all. I mean, my God, it's just bad. For y'all this year, man. Carson Events is not playing well. Got played by guys like Daniel Jones. Got matched blow for blow by guys like Ben DiNucci this year. It's just been bad for him. It's not good. It's not good at all. He's falling off hard. I mean, here's his whole season stats. He went in and he's thrown for 2,091 yards so far. He has a quarterback rating of a 73. Not good, not bad, but not good. And he has thrown 12 picks to 12 touchdowns. He literally has a quarterback a, a touchdown interception ratio of one for one. For every touchdown, he throws, he throws a pick. That's not good. Really, fans, start panicking. It's getting pretty bad, and whew, if y'all do make the playoffs, it's not gonna be good. I mean, whoever wins the East is screwed because you're trash. But you will get a top. You won't even get a top ten pick, top fifteen pick. You'll be in the twenties. The NFC East is a mess a mess man and i do think there should be some sort of playoff format i think they should scrap divisions i think they need to scrap divisions at this point because well like does it doesn't really matter at this point does it really matter at this point i think they should go east west at this point because well, I don't know. Maybe we'll go somewhere way to do bit. I don't know. The NFL is going to do something like that, but if we're constantly getting trash NFC East, then what's the point? I mean, what's the point? I mean, you basically give a wild card team a, a buy, and you got a-, a team that could absolutely destroy them, the fourth seed. Will miss the playoff as an 8 seed because they can't get in at like 10 and 6 because a 5 and 7, a 5 and 11 team from the East won the division. We can't continue to allow mediocrity to make the playoffs. It's tragic. It's not good for ratings. It's not good football. And that's just a wasted playoff game. And for these NFC East teams, if you win a division, you lose out on better talent. It's sad, man. And who knows, maybe the whole East will get better over a course of time. But this year, it's just awful. The East is terrible. Ugh. Man. Jesus Christ. All right. Let's go back to basketball for a second. And let's talk about, well, let's talk about Houston. Because Houston, y'all got a problem. And it's a big problem. And the big problem is Harden and Westbrook. They want out. Obviously, a few days ago, there was this whole thing about, report about how Westbrook and Harden were concerned about the future of the Rockets because obviously, who knows what the hell the Rockets are doing right now. And then at first, it was Westbrook. He demanded to trade Harden was committed to stay, blah blah blah, and now it's now they're both went out. And right now who knows what you can get for Westbrook? If you actually watch the NBA, you know that you can't really win anything Westbrook. And with Harden one out now, it's just who knows. What you're going to get for those two. You honestly can get a lot for those two. They're talented players. One of them is a top five player, another one's another top 15 player. You can get a lot for them. But, from I'm Houston, I am discouraged about this. And if they had to hit a rebuild, it's going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly rebuild because, honestly, you gave off a lot of picks. You have, like, no picks, I believe, for the next few years. And, well, you got one pick this year. I mean, you can get more picks from these two, but not looking good for those, for the Houston Rockets. It's really not. And I'm, there's not even a report saying that if Houston can't trade Westbrook and Harden, they'll be happy to go along with them. Even if they aren't happy, the chemistry of the team is going to be way low. Way low. And it could get ugly for the Rockets. Now, let's talk about Westbrook for a second. Last time I heard Westbrook, you so far I heard that the Rockets and the Charlotte Hornets are in discussions for them. That could be interesting. But. Does that really make a good fit? What, what can you get back for our Westbrook from the Hornets that could match up those contracts? I mean, a trade with the Hornets would have to involve Terry Rozier to match the money, a couple of draft picks, and, I don't know, maybe Nicholas Batum? I don't know, somewhere to match up the money. Somewhere along the line there. And now... I mean, Westbrook's going to be really hard to trade. Not the greatest shooter in the world. And defense is lacking, but he's still young, decent, fairly young. And he still has some athletic ability left in the tank. And now let's talk about the big prize. James Harden. Right now the rumors is that he wants to either go to Brooklyn or Philly. If he goes to Brooklyn, it's going to cost the Nets. Karis Levert, Spencer Didley, and probably some other young player that I haven't heard of. And the balance of the NBA in the East is basically done. If they can find a fit for Brooklyn. If James Harden goes to Brooklyn, along with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, that would be interesting. But what really happens there? Can Kyrie, I mean, honestly, all three, they want the ball. James Harden, ball-dominant guard. Westbrook, ball-dominant guard. And, of course, Durant's Durant. I mean, I don't see how this would fit, chemistry-wise. I know Westbrook, not Westbrook, but Durant Harden had their time together in OKC. They went to the finals together. But... For that to work, I think Kyrie Irving will kind of have to become a true point guard. Obviously he'll get still get his buckets, but he's got to share the rock a little more. He's gonna have to be more more of like a I guess a Steve Nash type role, I guess. A great passer, steer at the ball, be a floor general, yada yeah, yada. I see I honestly think that's like the only way that actually really works. I mean for something I mean for Jay, it's hard to turn down. And that's another thing too. James Harden just turned down a, a contract extension to become the first fifty million dollar a year player. Fifty million dollars a year is a lot of freaking money, man. He turned that down and said, "I want out." That's how bad things have gotten in Houston. That he turned out fifty million a year, and this is a top five, sc- a top score in league. Top five player in the league. I mean, Jesus, what but I mean, it's gone bad in Houston. Houston, you have a problem. Maybe if you actually do trade these dudes, you get something back in return. And damn well be a great haul. I mean, it better be like an Anthony Davis, LA Lakers type haul. Anything less than that, do not pull the trigger. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Houston, Harden, Westbrook, good luck with that. Mess, absolute mess. Oh, man. All right. Last segment we're going to talk about is, well, the injury hurt around the NFL world, and that is Drew Brees' injury. This is a bad injury for Drew. I believe it was a punctured lung and a couple of broken or cracked ribs or whatever it was. This is a big blow for the New Orleans Saints because now. Now you got Jameis Winston as your starting quarterback. And we've seen his track record. Not that great. But. I don't know. Maybe Sean Payton can. Help him, I and mean, we saw what happened when last year when Breeze went down. He, uh, Teddy Bridgewater came in, and went five and zero. So who knows? All I know is this: if this is Drew Brees' last hoorah in the NFL, this would be a tough way to go. You know I mean, cracked ribs and a punctured lung. We'll see. I don't know if we'll come back. We'll have to wait and see. There's still a few weeks left of football. Obviously, I think at this point, these Saints will make the playoffs. So we'll see where it goes from here. And, well, what this says for the playoff picture, I mean, honestly, now you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They can make a run of that now. Who knows what the Saints end up in, like, the playoff position. Because right now, I believe the Saints are the second seed in the NFC. That could very well change in the next few weeks. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Tough break for Drew. I don't know how long he'll be out. I've heard a few weeks. The NFC South is wide open, man. And this is a pretty big break for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Unfortunately, I think that, I don't think this is how they wanted it to go, but they have to capitalize on that. And honestly, I think we're going to get a break from the record tug of war for a while. This is Tom Brady's time to pull a big lead, unfortunately, in those records. I don't know why I have sounded pretty interesting to see. Oh, new records every time those two play. This those records just going back and forth, back and forth. This is a tough injury for Drew Brees and the Saints. It is unfortunate. Hopefully, best wishes to Drew Brees. There's just been a ton of injuries this year. And unfortunately, Drew Brees is now the newest member of the Injury Club in 2020. It it really sucks, man. It really sucks. Drew, despite his arm not being what it was, he was having a decent year. He was having a really decent year this year. With no Michael Thomas, what he's been able to do with that Saints Club, with no Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders for most of the year, it's been incredible. Drew B shows why he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in this game. And now with this injury, it's just its hard. It's tough. It is tough. Hopefully he'll be back by the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see as the weeks go by. Let's see what James Winston can do. Man. And that's going to do it for this podcast. It's good to be back oh, with the winter break coming up. I will be trying to post some more with the NBA comeback a lot faster than I thought it would be. And with the football, with the playoff pitch, starting to come more into play. <sighs> Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm out.